Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Ksenia. And we're the co-founders of Leone, a virtual skincare consultancy designed to help you understand your skin and what products to buy. This is our podcast, The Skin Interview, bringing you open, honest conversations around the noisy skincare industry. Want the lowdown on current skincare hot topics and key products to look out for? Each week, we interview industry brand authorities, personalities, and some of our go-to skin gurus covering the topics that really matter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Skin Interview. This week, we have a very exciting episode where we're going to talk all about diversity in the beauty industry. And we are joined by Deja Ayadeli, which is incredible because we've been following her journey and really admire everything that she's doing for the industry. So it's a super exciting episode. And thanks for being here. So first, Ksenia and I are going to give a little update on what's going on with our life, our skin, and also a little kind of overview of the episode and our thoughts. So hey, Ksen. Perfect. Hi, everyone. So we are still in Portugal, which is incredible. So we're soaking up the sun. And last week we discussed um, something that horrified some of our listeners. We got some funny DMs about it. We forgot our face wash. Yeah, of course. So we managed to, it was really hard to actually find a pharmacy that was selling face washes. I, I'm really not exaggerating because very hard. Remember, like we went to like two, three different places and it didn't so have many. like very basic products that you like you normally find from Aven or La Roche-Posay. And I think that's the group two brands you should go to if you forget something because it's very like basic, doesn't contain any any potential harmful ingredients or anything that might just change a little bit the structure of your skin. And it's a good way just to um, replenish whatever you don't have because those brands, they really respect the very function of your skin. And so I actually got a foaming cleanser from Kodali, but a very, very gentle one that I tried in the past. And that's very simple, feels very nice in the skin, doesn't strip the skin. And I've been using it just because my skin, especially in the sun, gets a bit more congested. So I didn't want to go for something creamy or oily. I really need to, like, I really need to find something that would give me a bit, like, a bit more than just comforting my skin barrier because I do feel I have more congestion. And you, Megs? My skin, so I ended up getting the Aven Gentle Cleansing Milk, which is one that we recommend to a lot of people. Actually, it was hard to find this. So we went into several pharmacies, like Xenia said, to try to find things. And so I ended up getting that, um, which is really nice to just remove makeup. And I also got the Bioderm um, Sensitive Skin Moisturizer because all I had was my Exuviance one and it was kind of pilling on my face because I kept on applying sunscreen over it. Yeah, just as a note, like once, if you do have rosacea like my skin and you're in the sun, you really need to be reapplying. So I've been quite red, even though I've been trying to stay out of the sun as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, I think we've been, we've been using sunscreen more than usual. But I have to say, we don't, like during the day, we're not that much outside, like we're not tanning or anything. We work pretty much indoors. And then like around four or five, maybe we're in the sun. So we've been quite careful with everything. And actually, I got a very bad sunburn, which maybe I shouldn't mention because <laughs> we really we really say that sunscreen is so important, but I think it's just my pregnancy brain. I completely forgot to protect my decollete area, and I had like a nice Rixo dress. Um, we had lunch at the beach, and I, it was a bit windy, so I didn't feel the heat or anything. And the same night, and I think Megs, you've been also very shocked. Megs was contain- containing how shocked she was. <laughs> Because I was trying not out. to stress you out, but it was but it was fun. very red. It was very red, yeah. 
So when it happens, like normally I never forget. And this time I really think it's pregnancy brain because normally I really protect everything. So I got at the pharmacy, the Biafine cream, which is amazing for sunburns. And it really did help my skin a lot. Yeah. And it's a French pharmacy brand, isn't it? So you can find it when you're usually on holidays. Even on Amazon. It's a really good staple to have. Like no matter where you're going in the sun, it's always great to have it. Just because in case you get even a tiny sunburn, it does help a lot to uh, decrease inflammation level, which is really great. And that's our little sun skincare update. And you, Max, can you tell us more about the, the podcast that you recorded, uh, which I think is an amazing subject and very different from what we did so far? Yeah, so it was really, really interesting. And I think even for me, I learned so much. Um, and I think that basically what we discuss is the skincare industry and diversity and how there have been huge strides made, but there's still a lot of work to be done, especially in terms of education um, from an esthetician standpoint and from just kind of beauty brands and skincare brands standpoint. And so it really, we discuss how it kind of needs to really start from the top um, because it shouldn't be just up to the consumer to have to educate themselves, that they need the brands to educate them and they need their estheticians to understand how to treat their skin, um, darker skin. So we were talking about um, black skin and kind of Fitzpatrick four or five, you know, skin types. And so there's a real kind of gap in the education in terms of we don't learn about um, skin conditions that are specific to black skin when we're doing our courses in terms of aesthetics. So it's just really important. I think Deja's doing incredible stuff um, when it comes to educating and really kind of filling that gap uh, in in the curriculum. So it's really important stuff that she's doing now with Black Skin Directory. I'm really excited for this one. I think that you know, even from our standpoint, there's some interesting things that we can do to help our clients that have black skin and, you know, specific conditions to, to their skin type, uh, no matter what the Fitzpatrick skin type is. Yeah. And I think we have a big job also to do at Lyon. It's to really make sure that we have those type of skin mentors that maybe have this education and this knowledge about those type of skins that can help, you know, anyone. Even though we, we, in our training program, we do, you know, um, explain a lot about like different Fitzpatrick skin type, what different condition everyone can have. But it's true that um, there's a lot of work to do in terms of diversity, which, you know, which means that it's good because it means we have a goal and that we, we really want to yeah, achieve that. I don't know if you agree with me, Megs. Yeah, I think definitely. And I think that it's just important for everyone to know that we are you know, always learning, always continuing our education in terms of the skin. And I think that we we can support you no matter what your kind of Fitzpatrick skin type is. So I think that people sometimes can be, you know, worried about that. It's a question that we get a lot. Do you cater to my, my skin type and my skin tone, which we do. So make sure to uh, continue listening to listen to this amazing podcast that Megan recorded. And we have also a special discount code that we are offering to everyone, actually, who's listening to the Skinterview. Do you want to tell more about that, Megs? Yes. So the Skinterview 15, you can get 15% off of your first holistic skin session with us. So you just plug that in at checkout and yeah, you'll get a nice little discount for listening. So keep listening and follow us on Instagram at leone.ldn or slide into our demons if you have any questions. We always love to hear from you guys. So enjoy. I am so excited today because we are joined by one of my 
favorite estheticians, I was saying earlier, I am having kind of a fangirl moment, so bear with me. Um, but we have skin health expert and founder of both Western Aesthetics and Black Skin Directory here with us. She is a glamour columnist, British beauty council advisor, and beauty back trustee. So we have Deja here with us today. Um, and so just to give a little bit more background on you, Deja, I know that you are a champion and an advocate for providing the tools for people of color to be educated on their skincare needs. And you also have really been pushing the beauty industry forward in the requirements to serve this sector specifically. And your clinic uh, focuses on providing access to skincare knowledge and treatments, primarily for women of color. So thank you so much for being here today. And I just wanna hand it over to you to introduce yourself as well. And yeah, then we'll get started. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to, it's great to be invited onto the show. Um, I think you've said it all, actually. So um, in terms of my bio, but I guess one of the things I always try and impress is that my main, my main thing is always about access, access to knowledge, um, access to skincare. Um, I, I always feel and have like personal experience myself that, you know, black women especially, there's always a bit of a legwork, there's a bit of anxiety um, to access skincare and access services because there's always a, is this for me kind of feeling? Is this right? Are they going to know what they're talking about? Have they dealt with my skin before? So one of the things that I really focus on is about access, access to that knowledge and access to that feeling of, of safety in skincare. Yeah, that's amazing. And how did you get in? I mean, how did you get into the skincare kind of industry in the world? Um, well, I didn't start off in skincare. I've always been interested. And since I was a young child, um, you know, always been interested. But I actually um, had quite an academic career in terms of um, I didn't go to beauty school till quite late. And when I say late, I mean, in my 20s, I went to beauty school rather than sort of as a teenager. I actually I went to uni. I did a degree. Uh, I went into, I actually used to work in the city in investment banking. I wasn't a banker, but I worked for the biggest investment bank in the world. And, you know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't the right environment for me. I was excellent at my job, I have to say. But, um, you know, even my boss knew. In fact, it's so funny. I ended up doing my boss's makeup for her for her wedding. Because that's how no much, way. You know, yeah, that's how much it was like, you are wasted in this space right now. Um, so yeah, she was actually a really big catalyst and saying, you need to go and do what, what you want to do. Um, and, but I'd always been working in the beauty industry as a sideline. I'd always had like, you know, like, like people talk about side hustles now, like side hustles is such a thing. And I'm like, oh, girl, I've been side hustling since like, you know, You've been doing it before, yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. And, and back then it was just called moonlighting. It wasn't called side hustle. It was called you're moonlighting <laughs> in another job. So I'd always, I'd always done that. So I'd always had a hand in beauty. I was always doing beauty courses. Um, I was always, you know, I remember being trained as an OPI nail technician. I used to go every week and get my training, learn how to do tips and acrylics and all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's how I started off. I, I think the whole catalyst for me getting into skin was um, my sister's. My sister was friends with a really top makeup artist, and he was going to New York to do Fashion Week. Um, and I got wind of it, and I was like, "Please, can I come and hold your brush? Like, literally, can I come and hold your brush?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, if you can pay your own way, that's fine. You can come to New York." And I was like, "Okay." And I'd already trained as a makeup artist, um, and he was like, "Well, you know, you're gonna have to do more than hold a brush. You're gonna actually have to do makeup as well." I was like, "Yeah, cool, cool. You know, I'll do anything." 
and I went and I spent so much time you know talking to the models about their skin and all that stuff they were doing and and I held the whole system up because I was like okay you need to wash your face with this you need to do this you need to use this lotion blah 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 and you know at the end he just kind of called me to one side and said you need to work in skin not makeup because you just wasted everybody's time today because all you did was try and wash their face and pamper them. That's not what we're here for. <laughs> You're here to put eyeshadow on. Um, and he was like that really super, super sharp, but kind kind of guy. Um, he still is, he still is. And um, yeah, and, and he was like the the permission in a way. Yeah, because you need, yeah, you needed someone to kind of like tell you, like this is what you're supposed yeah. to do. Even though he was like, girlfriend, you just wasted my time. I'll not uh-huh. bring you to New York and meet again. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but I think you'd be great working in skin. And that's how um, I started. I love that. I love that story. You know, I was working in investment banking, not as an investment banker, but I yeah. was working in HR before my kind of you worked, skincare. I, I worked in HR as well. I worked in HR as well. And you know, like, so cool. it, was like, it wasn't HR, though. It was human capital management. It was like, yeah. it's HR, love. I I was the exact same and then I I went back and did my master's because I was like okay this this world isn't for me so I want to shift you know and um how do I actually get there so that's I love I love that story that's so that's so funny that yeah you get you get there from the bottom I started doing pedicures and that's literally from the bottom Literally, yeah, literally oh on feet. God. I started on the so, feet, yeah. all the way up. On the feet, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. And so, from from that moment, obviously, so much has shifted in the skincare industry. Um, I know that we have a, a long way to go. And so, I just would love to hear about. We can talk about the current conversation that's happening now. I think that there's been a lot of conversation around diversity inclusion when it comes to makeup and um I do think that skincare's been a little bit further behind. So how are you feeling about the way that this kind of skincare industry is now um in the landscape at the moment in terms of di- diversity and inclusion? Um I feel I feel good actually. I feel like um we are making progress. Changes change some some aspects of change can be slow and some can be fast um and but i think do i do i think that we can do more yeah absolutely there's so much more that can be done and so much more that is going to be done but i think that we are in a good place to realize change so long as we keep those the communication open we keep the channels open that we will get change and we you know we will get more change because some change has happened already i think you're right i think makeup's a funny one because i think there was diversity in makeup before like fenty i know fenty's seen as the the golden age and i'm like yeah hell i i used to wear foundation in you know in the 2000s so and i <laughs> yeah. never had a i never had a tr- trouble um you know we had brands like laura mercier and mac and nas bobby brown so you know i think fenty um what they did was they used the power of social media but that is not to say that there haven't been some brands who could have done better in that space. There are absolute there is. Um, but we had the diversity in makeup, but it wasn't advertised, if you to me. So Yeah. You had you you had to know where to go. And you had to search for it kind of thing. Yeah. So there was a, like again, it's that legwork involved. Black women always have to do this labor and legwork to get to what they want, while as for other people, sometimes it can be as easy as going to the local high street. While as say for a black woman, if you wanted to buy a foundation, you might need to make a trip up to Selfridges or something like that. Um, so in skincare, 
Yes, I think there's, there's certain aspects. It's the fact that the skin in itself functions quite similarly across different skin tones and demographics. But yes, black skin has some extra considerations, especially to do with the production of melanin and the protection that gives the skin, but also some of the, I wouldn't say downsides necessarily, but some of the consequences of melanin is things like hyperpigmentation, which is more pronounced on black skin. Um, I think what brands have failed to do in that in the skincare side is actually differentiate their products and actually be like, this is why this is good for your skin. They've kind of just lumped lumped skin as all skin is skin. And to a certain extent, yes, that's true. But at the same time, there's there are nuances and what brands haven't done in the past is pull out these nuances um, and again, make black women, for example, feel comfortable in terms of, um, say for example, you had a range of six products. You could say, okay, this particular product is great for black skin because it addresses hyperpigmentation, which we know is the key concern of yours. So things like language haven't been, the language has been used, hasn't been quite right. So again, it leaves black women going, is that product really for me? Like they say it does this, but nobody has explicitly said that. It's not been advertised like that. So I think that's some of the, the issues we've had with the skincare space. And now I see brands are doing much better in that and actually pulling out the nuances and sort of avoiding that whole colorblind theory of, oh, you know, we don't see skin, all skin is skin. That is not true. I have black skin, you have white skin. There's a, there's a difference and it's clear and it's not offensive to say that. Um, it is offensive if you ignore my skin color and try and sell me something that doesn't suit me. That is more offensive because it means you're not actually really taking into consideration who I am as an individual. So it is it is right for us to point out the differences in skin and how we address the different needs so that everyone feels seen. And I think brand, skincare brands are getting better at making sure they do that. Is there more that can be done? Absolutely, because it's not just about the product. It's not just about the advertising. It's about things like the marketing in general. It's about the teams that exist behind the scenes. It's about the education they provide to their staff. There's a lot more that needs to be done. There's a huge education piece missing, I think. And even in, I will say, because I did my SIBTAC, you know, courses and things like that. And it was, it was good, but I think that there still wasn't enough information on the differences between different, you know, Fitzpatrick skin types. And you need to know how to, because, you know, we have, have clients come to us with horror stories about people not knowing how to treat darker Fitzpatrick skin types. And they then, you know, have, um, you know, pigmentation and they have scarring from treatments gone wrong, basically. And so I think that there's a huge education piece there missing, not just on the skincare side, but also on the, you know, kind of facial treatment side as well. Um, there's more that can be done too. Yeah, yeah. We always get asked about Skin Directory um, to put on more courses. Uh, currently, we're trying to put our entire course curriculum online, um, which is something that we're hoping to have online by September so that you can access it from anywhere in the world. Because truth be told, you know, I am just one person. And each time I have to do, if I do a workshop, I have to take the whole day out of my schedule, which is fine. Doesn't mean it's not a problem with that. But to make it more accessible, because what we're finding is that people do their courses, their their SIBTACs, their MBQs and all that, but they're still missing this piece of information, this sort of nuances, the physiology of black skin, even like something like things like cultural aspects, they're missing, they're missing those pieces and then they come over to us, which is fine, but I do think that the education system that's, that people are already paying for should have this included because you are paying for the knowledge to become a fully fledged therapist not a 
I'm a therapist, but I can only do up to Fitzpatrick for therapist. My, my personal feeling is that therapists coming through the system that don't have this added aspect taught, I feel a bit like they're cheated. Yeah, exactly. Because it's missing from the actual curriculum. So it's a, it's a higher yeah. level that needs that needs that change. Yeah, I, I just feel, I feel, actually just feel a bit sort of like, oh, that's a real shame. I do feel like you should ask for some of your money back because you, you yeah. didn't get the Because you don't know how to treat all skin, yeah. So yeah, but it is improving. And I know that there are various educational providers who are doing great work in this area. So it is improving. It, does it need to improve more? Yes, it does. But it, it's much better than I can even pinpoint, say, five years ago. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to ask, when do you feel like the change kind of really started to happen? Have you seen it in just the last couple of years? Is there anything specifically that like stands out as a moment? I think definitely the change started happening and I'm going to fully blow my own trumpet here when um, we started Black Skin Directory because I remember that at first there was so much there was a bit of resistance to Black Skin Directory I, I remember speaking to journalists who were like do you have to call it Black Skin Directory it's a bit in your face and it's like well you're not going to forget us then are you um, so I kind of was like no I'm not changing the name I quite like how it sounds so I'm not going to change it if you don't like it well I'm sorry about that um, and well, I was like, sorry, not sorry about that, but you know, it's fine. Um, you can do your thing and I will do mine. Um, and I noticed then that we start to be more vocal about, you know, and vocal in a nice way. I mean, I'm not an in your face kind of individual. I'm a let's work together and let's solve this individual. So it was vocal in a nice way. I'm just saying this is what's missing and this is what we need to do and I'd say that's probably like in the last three three four years actually um that I've really noticed a change even in things like the journals the aesthetic journals I remember going through a period where black skin when black skin directory just been relaunched I looked through all the journals six months worth I literally had a tally chart I was just looking for black faces and nothing there were no black faces not even in the adverts not in the editorial content um, none, nil, six months, you know, and, but now when I look at the journals, you know, and I've worked really closely with journals and, you know, I, I, like aesthetic journal and, uh, aesthetic medicine, you know, I know all the team, we all get on really well. It's come up in leaps and bounds, like, you know, just diversity of imagery that you see across the journals, just the diversity of articles relating to different types of skin concerns and, you know, across the content, everything has really improved. And that's in the last three years. And the reason why I say that is because if that existed before, there would have been no need for us to set up Black Skin Directory. So if it existed, there'd have been no need. But because it didn't exist, I saw that it didn't exist. That's why I set up Black Skin Directory. And Black Skin Directory has gone on to have a very positive impact in that space to ensure that um, there's more diversity. And you see it more. And I started having these really open and, and bold conversations, even with consumer magazines you know saying talking about things like the color blind theory that sorry you can't tell me you can't see my skin color that just doesn't exist you have to see my skin color because if you don't see my skin color you're not it's irresponsible <laughs> it's irresponsible not to because yeah because you can cause damage to the skin if you're not treating it correctly yeah but it's really improved i mean we we took a very collaborative approach i don't demand anything of anyone but i do explain to them why the change needs to happen and also at heart i'm a businesswoman so i will always explain to you why this is important for your pocket <laughs> you know i will always give you that side like 
you know, from a money point of view, you know, you're missing out. Um, and I've always been like that. So I don't demand anything, but I do. And I volunteer myself to help make this change. I don't sit here and be like, you must do this. And you must do that. And you must do this. I don't. I don't. I will volunteer myself to help make it, make sure it happens um, in that sense. So, yeah, absolutely. There's always room for improvement, as my, as, as my teacher would tell me when I was younger. Deja, there's room. There's always room for improvement. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so what brands, if you had to just like point out maybe a few brands that are that are doing this really well, that you're really excited about, maybe that are kind of up and coming. Are there any ones that kind of stick out when it comes to not just championing this, this, but also just in terms of treating black skin that are good for black skin? Um, I mean, the brands, for example, in the clinic, in my clinic at Westroom that we use, one of the reasons why I partner with these brands is because um, they have things like clinical trials on black skin and I have very open communication with them and I can say, they can send me images and pictures and stuff. One of the questions I ask in every single training session, I am well known for it within aesthetics, is how does this apply to black skin? Literally, everyone knows, like, like when we used to have conferences, we'd go to a conference and I'd be sat at the front and I know a lot of the speakers and they can always, they always look at me and go, we're guaranteed at least one question <laughs> and that will come from Tisha. Literally, I was that person and I am that person. Um, so like, for example, the brands we have in clinic, we have a, a Skin Better Science. So this is more sort of like, clinical inverted comma brands we have neostrata we have osmosis we have cispera we have skin better science we have exuvians these are all brands that work well on black skin and we make i make a point of ensuring that that is a category that's ticked do you have research do you have clinical trials do you have imagery um and what is your ethos really um so i make a point of that but generally when i look around when I look around on, on the high street, I mean, I love stuff that Fenty's done. Not just because it's been unapologetic, but I also love the fact that she includes men. When we look at diverse, like her last, some of the adverts had, is it ASAP Rocky? And, you know, I love the fact that she includes men in there. And I think that's really great. Um, but we've always had brands, if, if you talk about makeup, brands like Mac, for example, who've always have a, had a long line of people they work with from the 90s who were black as, as brand ambassadors and, and stuff. So they're doing really well. Um, you also have a lot of brands sort of behind the scenes doing a lot of work. Um, big brands, some of them I work with, so I'm not going to name names, but some of them I work with, really big brands that everybody knows who are doing a lot of work behind the scenes to improve education. So it's, I think... For me, the, what's provided behind the scenes that makes all the difference. What goes on on the high is it's two different things. But I know a lot of brands who are calling upon me, for example, to provide a lot of education for them and for their staff. Um, and I think that's great. Unfortunately, I, I can't name names, but this is why when I say to people, you know, please believe me that change is happening. And sometimes it takes a few years for that change to come through. It has to happen from the top. And I think that's amazing to hear that it is. Yeah, there's a lot of brands who are making change very deep from the top, even things like, just literally even like back to the lab kind of changes they're making and commitments in that area. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, they're not, they're not necessarily going to share it with the public. Um, some of this information isn't public ready yet. Um, but no, I, I see some amazing stuff being done behind the scenes actually. Um, and you know, when it all comes to pass, 
I hope people will will appreciate that too. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just the marketing piece is literally one piece of the puzzle. And I think that actually what goes on behind the scenes is, you know, just as if not more important, because, you know, that's where the change is really going to happen. So I think that's really good yeah, to hear that. It's- that's where change is embedded because products can be taken off the shelf any day. You know, exactly. if the product isn't selling, it can be taken off the shelf. Whereas the change you make to mindsets, that's forever. Exactly. And can you just talk a little bit about maybe concerns, maybe if if people aren't familiar with different concerns that those with black skin may be facing and what I guess are the most common concerns that you have people coming to you with? So, yeah. So our most common concern is um, hyperpigmentation in all its forms. So whether it be melasma or post-inflammatory pigmentation, that's our number one I have I, I very rarely come across a consultation form where someone doesn't say a clearer complexion is a thing. We also have concerns around things like say um, DPN. So DPN, think Morgan Freeman, and he has a sort of fleshy moles, and that's called dermatose, dermatosis papulosis nigras, and it's a fleshy sort of skin tag. Um, that's very unique to darker skin tones, and it's something that kind of grows over time. It's it's more popular on women. Um, we have concerns about that. We sometimes are concerned over things like keloids. Black people are, well, I mean, everybody gets keloids, regardless of your background, but black people are more likely to get keloids. Um, we we sometimes see concerns, especially in men, um, with um, things like ingrowing hair, that because obviously Afro hair is curly, so when you cut it, it's a blunt tip, and the curl and the coil sometimes pushes the hair back into the skin and causes an ingrowing hair, which can get infected. Um, people can lose hair, especially in the back of the neck for men. Um, so we sometimes see, see that too. So those are, and those are sort of like, it's difficult to describe. I will say that those are sort of things like, it's it's a black thing, you know, it's, it, it's not necessarily, for example, hyperpigmentation. It's the way melanin functions. It's a physiological function of melanin. So you can't escape it. There's no like, oh, that's what, you know, or say ingrowing hair, curly hair, Afro hair curling back into the skin. That's just a physiological um, aspect of Afro hair and black skin. It's again, it's the black thing, you know, but what we need is that we need practitioners who know this, appreciate this and educated in, in this and how to treat it so that regardless of whether it's a black thing or not, people have a solution to their issue. Yeah, because I think that other, you know, there are concerns like breakouts and there are concerns like, you know, inflammation and things that it's just kind of, you know, just considered to be a universal thing. But if it's something specific to black skin, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, in my courses, I didn't learn about um, a few of the things that you've mentioned. So yeah. I think that I it's- I mean, breakouts are, are universal because everyone like uh, PIH, for example, has to come from somewhere else. I would say, Someone brought PIH to the party. It did not turn up on its own. It's an uninvited guest, we know. But you may have had breakouts because you may be not using the right products to look after your skin. Or it's just hormonal, you know, because obviously a lot of breakouts is a, is a systemic issue. You know, it could be that. So there are conditions like breakouts, which are universal, and eczema, dry skin, universal. Um, actually, having said that, black skin is statistically I can never say statistically 
more likely to be drier, or it is, clinical research has shown that black skin is drier, less ceramide content in the stratum corneum, which is obviously, you know what I'm talking about, but for listeners, in the upper layer of the skin, there's less moisture content there. So therefore, when it comes to losing water and moisture from the skin, black skin loses more, more water and more moisture faster than other demographics. So there is an aspect of you know, drier skin being sort of much more on the darker skin side. That's so interesting because I would, you know, you would think that it was actually, and I feel like there's a myth around that, that darker skin tends to be more oily. Is that, and that's a myth. That is a myth. That is a myth. I I don't think you can, I don't think, I I think oiliness, dry skin, combination skin, that's just depending on who you are as an individual. But um, the sort of, the, the ability to lose moisture and water from the skin, black skin is drier and will lose more moisture first, which is why sometimes the skin gets quite dry and ashy looking and quite dull. Um, and that's as a result of losing moisture from the skin. So there's, lo- there's quite, I could say lots of research, there's significant research which shows that. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. And so in terms of designing skincare regimes, are there specific differences in terms of the and this is a broad generalization because it's one of our philosophies as well that you can't give um, general advice that you must have consultation mm-hmm. um, in order yeah, to yeah. make recommendations. But are there any things to look out for for maybe some of those main concerns like pigmentation? Obviously, treatment is critical, you know, with something like um, hyperpigmentation. But are there any t- ingredients maybe that you would highlight or anything like that? Yeah, I guess for me, when I'm putting a program together for for, for black clients, I'm always looking at the specific category of pigment inhibitors, what are you using to combat pigmentation? So given the fact that uh, hyperpigmentation is sort of ubiquitous, is that how I say it? (laughs) That word, it's (laughs) universal. (laughs) Given the fact that hyperpigmentation is universal to black skin, we're all gonna get it at some point because everybody gets the odd spot, breakout, whatever. Um, I'm always looking, what what are you using to control pigmentation? And what are you using to keep a clear complexion? So for that, I'm looking at things like your tyrosis inhibitors. I'm looking at your um, alpha arbitans, your clochic acids, um, cystamines, licorice extract, niacinamide. I'm looking, your resorcinols, I'm looking at those ingredients, specific ingredients that not only fade pigmentation, but also strengthen the skin so that pigmentation concerns are not so pronounced. That's what I'm looking at, in the, especially for black clients. Uh, alongside your usual sunscreen, vitamin A's as well. Um, but majority, I find that a lot of my clients will come in and talk about pigmentation as being a key concern. I say, so, you know, what are you using for pigmentation? And that category is missing completely, nothing. So um, that is mainly what we focus on in regards to, you know, which particular pig, pigment inhibitor we use. Um, again, that's where it's a bit more bespoke. It depends on lifestyle and on whatnot. For my for my white clients, for example, for them, usually we're looking at things like your antioxidants, because that's another big category that I find that a lot of people don't quite understand what antioxidants do. So I find that that's missing. But I'm like, okay, if you're gonna if we're gonna have concerns of fine lines and wrinkles and droopy skin, then we need to make sure our antioxidant category is jam-packed because that's what's going to help with the collagen preservation or even remodeling of collagen so i find that for black clients it's the pigment ingredients that are missing and for white clients it's usually the antioxidant category that's missing 
Yeah, it's so interesting. With how it works with you guys, people will come to you and they will they can do what kind of services I guess do you offer if people are interested in, you know, in kind of your services? So um so we, we do skin health consultations where we can put you back on, on the right track in terms of how you should be treating your skin, giving you a bit more information about your skin is bespoke to you and obviously product advice as well. Um, I would say that products will take you 80% of where you want to be, but if you really want to have that sort of quite lush skin that everyone's after, then you kind of need to have treatments as well. So we have what's called time plans because so we within our time plans, we don't have, you can't book a specific treatment. So you can't say, I'm going for a course of five chemical peels. We don't have that. We have, you just pay for the time and we do whatever treatment within our arsenal of treatments that would be suitable for you on that day because skin changes month to month as well. So uh, a chemical peel is going to be suitable every month. So within our time plan, the sort of treatments you have access to are, yes, chemical peels. Um, and, and it can be any manner of chemical peels as well. It's not just one type. We have lots of different types that we do. But also things like microneedling, um, LED light treatments, um, things like microdermabrasion, mesotherapy, microcurrent. So those are all like, it's, it's like a, a menu basically. And when you come in um, for your appointment, um, which can either be 45 minutes or an hour or an hour and 15 minutes, um, we have a, you know, we have a discussion, we have chat, and then we go into the treatment. So we basically, the reason why we have the time plan is so that we don't tie you to a particular treatment because like I say, you might not want five chemical peels or five chemical peels back to back might not be suitable for you. Likewise, microneedling. You know, microneedling is a is a collagen induction treatment that, you know, takes more than four weeks to start seeing some of the developments in microneedling. Um, so sometimes you want to space that out a bit. Sometimes we might do chemical peel, microneedling, chemical peel, just to give us enough time in between to stimulate the skin as much as possible. So it just gives us more, more flexibility, I think. And it, overall, I think it enables us to give you a better experience. Exactly. And I think that there is some confusion. Sometimes people want to go, they ask us about wanting, you know, to go for a facial, maybe they have their, you know, their wedding. We have a lot of clients who come to us, they have a big event coming up, which has been a little bit put on pause, but now it's fully back on. Um, And so they say, you know, what facial would you recommend? You know, the one, you know, stop shop and it doesn't exist. And so it's really difficult because actually you, you need a, you need consultation. So if you're going into somewhere and they're not doing consultation before and you're picking, I want this exact thing, you know, off of the menu, that's a red flag. <laughs> um, but I think that it's amazing to say, you know, over time you, you work and you kind of work with the skin and see how it adapts because, you know, things can happen where someone's more stressed, they're not sleeping, you know, one week or whatever. And it really does have a huge impact on your skin. So I love that approach. I think it's so smart. And there aren't, I mean, I don't really know of anybody else doing that. So I think it's a very um, innovative. No, the reason how I came across it is one of my very first jobs when I, when I qualified was in the hairdressers and that's how they ran it. Um, they ran the sort of, you pay for, you pay for the time, not the service to say. So you don't pay for, you know, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't pay for your haircut. You pay for the time taken to cut your hair, which is a slightly different way. I know it sounds a bit odd, but it's a slightly different way of looking at things. It kind of means all, all is included. And also, I just think that you're paying for the services of an expert, right? So how fair is it for me to give you this menu and go, yeah, you choose. You tell me what you want. You tell me that you want to have a microneedling treatment but yet you're prone to keto scarring. 
you know, I that's that's totally unfair on you as a client who's paying for an expert. Um, and also a lot of people come and say, oh, you know, I saw so-and-so had this treatment and it looked really good on them, so I want to have it too. And I'm like, two totally different things. You, you know, there is no such thing. Yeah, so so for me, I've always just, it's too cookie cutter. Yes, and it was initially before you, before we set up the time plan, I, having to work out how to make it cost effective for clients and for us, because obviously we're business, you always want to make a profit on what you're doing. Um, for us to work that out actually did take some legwork but in the end I think it was worth it to set the system up yeah it's amazing it's amazing and you see people doing you know kind of bespoke facials that I think it's moving towards that um but I love I love that whole concept um it's amazing so it's really really cool and we do that a little bit with like people's skincare regimes obviously like we your skin's going to change month to month you know year to year, if you're going through pregnancy or, you know, you've changed job, you've moved across the world, whatever, everything should really adapt based on the changes that you have in your life. So I think it's really yeah, smart. I think um, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Yeah, which is which is good. I think that we're moving in that direction as well. Um, and in terms of the Black Skin Directory, I just want everyone to really know exactly what it is. I know that it kind of says a little bit in, in the name, but can you just tell everyone what exactly that is? And if they're looking for information, um, you know, what they'll find there, I guess. Okay, so Blasphemy Directory um, has a few different layers. In essence, it's a platform that connects people of color to skincare experts and professionals. So if you go on there, say you live in London, it's very London heavy at the moment. Um, we're well and we're aware of that. And at some point when we're allowed to be free, as in properly free, we will expand it to include other cities as well. But if you go on there and literally go into like a clinic search, and you can find a list of practitioners who we know and have vetted that they are experienced and looking after black skin. So that's one aspect of it, which is what a lot of people use it for. They go on there, find a practitioner, fill out the practitioner's form, that goes off to the practitioner, they get contacted, and then they get an appointment. The other aspect of black skin narrative is an educational platform. So for example, it has um, a glossary of ingredients, it has a glossary of treatments, it has a, a glossary of conditions that typically affect black skin um, and how they look with pictures so people can look at the pictures. Oh, yes, that is what I have and all that sort of stuff. So, so a big aspect of it is the fact that it's an educational platform. Um, and we also have monthly articles that are written. So it can be on any number of topics, whether it be sun protection, hyperpigmentation, hair loss. Um, but everything is written um, from the viewpoint of how it affects black women and black skin or black men as well actually we had a children's um a couple of articles for children's skin so we've had a few we have a few different types of articles every month so in essence we have connection to skincare experts and the other side of it we have education and knowledge because again it's about access you know i know that we also have practitioners um, who use the directory to show their patients and clients how different things look and what different things are. So it's a widely used directory. Um, obviously behind the scenes, obviously we do training as well. Black Skin Narrative never started off as a training platform. So for professionals, we do training, um, whether it be our Skin of Color workshops, um, which we did a very, we did one successful one on the 13th of March, 2020. And then a week later it was locked down. So oh my gosh, I, no, I remember this. Yeah. I remember yeah. this. It it was it was fully it was so packed. 
um, standing room only. It was great. And we had plans to do so many more. Um, but yeah, that was on the 13th of March and everything went into lockdown the week after. So we, so we then, we then over last year, we ran a few sessions online again, all very well attended. Um, and you get certificates, CPD, it's a CPD registered course. Um, you get everything's done. So we've just decided now that for that educational piece for professionals, the educational piece for consumers will still stay online, but the educational piece for professionals will be moved into a platform that people can buy into, do their course, do the course in their own time, they finish, and then they get a certificate that they can add, a CPD certificate, mind, that they can add to their learning. Very cool. Really, really cool. I love it. Yeah, you're doing so many different things. I don't know how you I don't know how you like you're juggling so many different things. I mean, obviously we have we have um Leona and so we have, you know, a million different things going on as well, but I yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I feel like you're doing different things every day on social media. Yeah, you build out your team. Oh, I love social media. It's Instagram, it's like my playground. Um, but you build out your team, don't you? I mean, when we first started, we didn't really have a team. It was just like myself up all night. Um, and um but we've over time we've built up the team. So now we have people who write for us. We have a content editor, um, you know, and the clinic has its own own setup. So it's all it's all well and good, really. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I love. I've told you, I'm a total fangirl. So I've been watching from from afar, and we use um, Black Skin Directory as a reference as well um, for our you know skin mentors and for our consultations. So it's it's incredible. If you guys don't know about it, you should definitely check it out. Um, and Western Aesthetics, because you guys are doing incredible things. And now, finally, the world is opening. Yes, the world is opening. And we have been super, super busy, but like good busy. You know, and like this is a good problem to have. Um, and yeah, we can't wait to see everyone. Um, yeah, our, our appointment diary is busy, but you know, it's nice to see so many people interested in their skin i think obviously lockdown has kind of helped because people were like the zoom effect looking at their skin all the time but it's it's nice to see the interest and it's a, such a privilege and such an honor to help women especially black women um access this knowledge and access this skincare because i always say you know black women are my north star um and it's just nice to be provide that guidance um i mean we have clients from all demographics um and obviously you can treat all skin um but um it's close to my heart because i know that legwork and that anxiety that sometimes women face especially black women feel like you know they're not quite sure because the industry as a whole has never really spoken to them it's it's only in the last few years they've spoken to them, and there's so and and in that time of silence, there were so many myths, so many misconceptions that people, you know, just don't know what to believe. Um, I still have people say to me, you know, um, I heard laser's not good for black skin, and or they'll comment on my pictures on Instagram, which is why I'm always quite open when I'm having laser treatment. I'll put a picture up, and you know, I'm happy to share because I think that breaks down the stigma or not stigma such or the barrier. Um, if I'm having things like injectables done, again, I'm happy to share because this is things that a lot of, there's a lot of myths and misconceptions about black skin. You know, sometimes I'm not sharing because I want to like show off. Most, I pay, I pay for my treatments anyway, so I'm not even showing off. Um, but um, I share because it's educational. That's why I share because I know that 
there's one or two people who are sat at home going, well, I wonder, I wonder if that's for me. I'm not 100% sure. And then they see me doing it and they're like, it is. Deja had it done and it opens up a whole new world. It creates access. It's amazing because we, that is one of the questions that we get asked actually is, you know, is this service for me? And, you know, we, of, of course we are. I think that, um, you know, you just have to continue to educate yourselves. And with our skin mentors, it's part of our education as well. Um, we've just got our BabTAC accreditation, which is really exciting. Um, so exciting um, for our mentors. That's very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Very well done. Well done, you guys. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, it's really exciting. But we're really, really looking for, you know, mentors that have, you know, all skin, all skin colors, all um, backgrounds and everything because I think that for us it's about peer-to-peer -peer as well and someone who's really experienced you know the skin concern that you have as well I think that there's something really strong about that um, and so you know people talking to um, those that suffer from conditions that they've had before is really powerful um, and supporting them along their skin journey as well and learning you know learning with them as they go I think it's really important so that's part of what we're kind of doing at the moment I but think yeah. you guys do great work in that area I, I think you do great work in that area and you make a good point about mentoring and people who've been through that um supporting somebody else for example I have laser hair removal done on my face and I know that that's a concern that I see a lot in clinic and I always have I always tell people I've ha I have exactly the same treatment that I'm recommending to you and look at me you know so as a means of again a means of providing that support because obviously especially when it's a treat it's a concern that sometimes people feel like it's quite it's quite a male concern isn't it like oh facial hair it's like everybody gets facial hair and the, the more we talk about it and then the more we 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 let people know that it's absolutely normal and there are treatments available you know the better it is hence again why um it's great that you have the mentors who can say look i've been through this I can show you the way, you know, so that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I think that clients who, you know, for example, because I have rosacea, so that's a skin condition that I suffer from and I'm actually in the sun now. So it's really flaring up, but so many of my clients actually have rosacea and they've come to me specifically because they know that I've experienced it. And so I think we just are really trying to grow our community of mentors. And so if anyone listening is like, you know, oh my gosh, I have a concern that I've gotten through that I would like to help others with please sign up for our training course and become a mentor that would be amazing um but yeah I think it's been an incredible conversation are there any other tips um that we've left off I know we've covered like so much ground today but are there any other things that we haven't talked about I think I think no I think we have covered a lot of ground I think the main thing that always impress on people is that um your skin is yours it's not what Sally's on Instagram skin is it's not you know three different down the road your skin is yours so therefore you have to treat it with respect and seek a consultation that's bespoke to you avoid falling down the trap of I always say for example if you have if you have a heart problem you go to a cardiologist um, if you broke a leg you go to an orthopedic surgeon if you've got concerns about your skin why would you go to YouTube yeah you know why? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, you want to go on it's YouTube so to true. fix your broken leg you know, so yeah, treat your skin with as much love and respect as you can. Absolutely. And you know your skin better than anyone. So just um, listen to what it's telling you too. Amazing. Well, well, we will talk soon. And thank you everyone so much. Um, if you want to find Deja, where where can they find you before we go? 
So um, you can find me on my personal website, djidele.com. You can find me on Instagram, dj underscore and also Westroom Aesthetics is on Instagram. Basically, if you hit my profile up, it will link you to everything, including Black Skin Directory and the clinic too. Thank you so much for listening and don't hesitate to contact us if you have any question. You can reach us on DM on leon.ldn or email us at hello at leonldn.co.uk. Don't forget to check out our website for more info on our virtual consultations and for bookings. It's time your skincare earned its place on your bathroom shelf.